Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mary and Amwanza. I'm Allie. And I'm Andy. And here, here we are in yeah. June. It's June. Can We're you halfway believe? through the year. Don't say that. <laughs> I know. It seems weird to think. Yeah. It's officially summer. Yay. Yay. Well, at least it feels like summer here. <laughs> it felt like summer here for a little while, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been super hot. We're actually going kayaking tomorrow. Oh, that would be nice. Well, I'm excited about it, except when we go kayaking, there's um, obviously no shade. And (laughs) (laughs) the place that we're going is Center Hill Dam. Mm -hmm. And they they usually have one of, at least one of their generators generating, so you don't have to paddle as much. But tomorrow there is zero generation, which means I'm going to have to paddle the whole way. Oh, when you say generation, so like there's a little bit of flow. Okay, I see. What yeah, you're yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. So like they generate, <laughs> they generate the water to create power, energy. I don't yeah, know with the dam. See, but yeah. when I hear generate, I think of like generators, like what we have down here that run on gas. And I was like, what? Oh, like, uh, is there like a small <laughs> engine that you're attaching to? <laughs> no. So there's a dam about 45 minutes from my house and it's a big kayaking destination. Mm-hmm. Like they have places up there that rent them all the time. And we like to start right at the base of the dam and then float down. I think it's a six mile float, but when the generators are going, the water is flowing so so much that you don't really have to paddle you just float and you can eat snacks and drink beer and whatever whatever <laughs> else people want to do but when that there's look, no generation yeah. yeah when there's no generation you have to paddle yourself <laughs> so it's just it's more work <laughs> yeah it sounds like it there's a uh, it'll be fun nonetheless yeah but yeah. i understand the inclination to just float like there's um the sticks river that's only like an hour and a half from the island yeah and we go floating there usually every summer. Actually, we should make some plans for that. That's yeah. a lot of fun. Because, yeah, all you have to do is sit and float and have your snacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time we went to the dam, or the first time I went to the dam, they have big sirens that that alert you when the generation is going to start. That way, Because the water level rises really quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, the only dam that I've really seen is Percy Priest Dam. And when the gen- when it's when it's flowing... The water comes over the top of the dam and like down into the bottom part, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, this one is different. When the sirens start going, the water comes out from the bottom of the dam. Mm-hmm. So it comes up slowly. But I didn't know that. So we're like right at the base of the dam and the sirens start going off. That's alerting <laughs> you that the generators are about to turn on and the water's going to start flowing. And I started freaking out thinking there was going to be like a huge waterfall <laughs> coming over our heads any second. And Adam thought that was very funny because that's not how it is. <laughs> that's pretty funny. But I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. There's more than one kind of dam as it turns out. Yeah. But we've gone several times where people who like you park at the end and then you float down to wherever your vehicle is. Mm-hmm. And there have been several people who have parked too close to um, like where you take all of your kayaks and whatever out of the water. And they're. Yeah. Their cars have been underwater when we've gotten to the end of it because the generation was so powerful and the water rose so quickly. Wow. Yeah. Scary. But luckily it never happened to us. Yeah. You guys are a little bit, get a little bit more common sense as it. <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah, as it turns out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's okay. One time when we got to the end, 
there was a truck that was like up to the windows and <laughs> they were having to like get a, a tow truck to pull it out yeah mm-hmm. bad bad day <laughs> yeah there's always a lot of people on the island who rent out on the west end and the west end now kind of floods with just I mean, like, honestly, it's just strong winds now sometimes that makes it flood. (laughs) And, like, they just don't move their cars because they don't think to do it. And then you'll always see, like, some idiot on the Facebook page that has their Jeep up to their windows in sand and there's nothing that they can do about it, really. Yeah. 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 One time when we got out at the end of the dam, the water was rising really quickly, but there was a truck parked, like, way out in the area that gets flooded and nobody was around it. And, like, everybody was like, what should we do? And we are like, maybe we should go see if somebody left the keys in it and at least, like, drive it up onto dry land for them. Mm-hmm. Nobody was around. No keys in the truck. So we just had to leave it. And there yeah. it was underwater. <laughs> oh, look. If you're going to be a dummy, this is what happens. Yeah. Anyway, but, yeah, that's what we've got going on this weekend. Anything exciting down on the island happening? Uh, yeah. My friend Jesse defended her dissertation yesterday um, and she passed. Yay. So that was a lot of fun. To It's always a good time to go and just like hear everything that your friend has been working on. Because, you know, you get like snippets um, throughout like the entire time. But it's like nice to see it all together presented to you. Um, it's really cool. So we will be celebrating her tomorrow. So yay! Congratulations to, to her. <laughs> love to see it. Another doctor. Um, I also have an update regarding Black Cake, which, oh. as you may recall, was our favorite book. Um, I have indeed started the fruit soaking process, so I oh, have yeah. like f- five or six cups of just um, dried fruits. I think I did like cherries. I did golden raisins, regular raisins. Uh, I did some dates or prunes. Those are, oh, no, dates and prunes, both of them. Um, so I, variety. Yeah, and I threw them all together with some rum and some port. Um, How so hard was it to find port? Not hard, as it turns out, because I just walked into Publix, and it was kind of funny because I approached this guy, a worker in the aisle, and I was like, hey raisins where would you be in the store and he like looked at me for a second then he was like aisle 16 or whatever and I walked back and I happened to go back down the aisle he was on and he stopped me again and was like I just want you to know that that was the funniest way anyone's ever asked me where something is in the store (laughs) Um, and he was like is there anything else I can help you with and I was like yes actually do you know if you guys sell port um so he just went off and came back with a bottle of port um, <laughs> right, second question if you were a bottle of port where would you be? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny so that was yeah it was a good time so yes i am soaking my fruits now they're in just a nice new tupperware container that my mom recently brought bought me um they're just like sitting in my kitchen on top of my microwave i actually need to double check that the liquid hasn't gone down too much hmm. interesting so anyway, we are now about a few weeks away from a black cake on the island. If you'd like to come down, for it. can't wait to see it. Mail me a piece. Okay. <laughs> Big yeah. stuff happening. We'll have to post a pic of it when you when you make it. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. So this week is our second story by Kevin Wilson, and I chose the one called "Scroll Through the Weapons," mm-hmm. and it was it was very good, but very sad in my opinion. Hmm. Did you think it was sad? Not really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I'm not going to do much background on Kevin Wilson. Nothing to see here. We covered a lot of his um, background. And then last week we did, not last week, two weeks ago, we did the Kevin, the other Kevin Wilson story. So this is the second one in his short story series. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was quite different from the last one. Yeah, baby. I really fine, but (laughs) yeah, I really liked the way it opened, and I was thinking about reading that, but I don't. Do you think that's worth it or not? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you want to? Depends how long it is. (laughs) It's just two paragraphs. Um, so I just I the opening just like hits you like a ton of bricks. Um, Yeah. So it starts off with, it was almost midnight when my girlfriend got a call from her sister who had been arrested for taking a kebab skewer at a cookout and stabbing her husband. Even though it was over an hour away, I drove my girlfriend to their house so she could watch their her nieces and nephews until their parents found a way to get back home. If they could end up if they end up killing each other, my girlfriend told me, I think I'm the one who gets custody of the kids. I didn't have to say anything in response to that. She knew as well as I did that I would not be around if that scenario ever became a reality. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> like the first line just had been arrested for stabbing her husband with a kebab and him just saying, I would not be around if she ever happened to inherit these children. Like what an opener to the story. So I guess one of my main points that I made about the story was that it was from the perspective of an outsider of the family, which I thought was an interesting take. Like you normally when there's some kind of family drama like this we get a perspective from somebody in the immediate family like I'm I was a little surprised that it was from the boyfriend's point of view and not the girlfriend's point of view because she's like immediately associated with the family so I thought it was cool that it was from like an outsider of the family's perspective yeah because he's like half in half out right because they've been living together and they like were thinking about marriage I guess but um yeah, but he's not so fully he, invested. <laughs> yeah, he's clearly... Well, he doesn't want kids, I don't think, at all. Um, That's beside the point. My point was just that, like, he and she, like, are sort of forming their own little family unit together. Yeah. But he's very much so on the outside of that, the unit that they step into for um, the time of the story. Yeah. And it is, it's a really cool perspective, you're right. Somebody who is like this boyfriend is going to have a more objective view, I think, mm-hmm. where they could be like, yeah, this whole family's crazy or no, just the lady who stabbed her husband is crazy or or whatever the case may be. Like, I think it's it's very relatable that somebody who's outside of the family, like somebody who marries in can a lot of times see something more objectively when there's some kind of family drama. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Which <laughs> Which is nice for a story like this. Um, it, it is a good perspective. Here's yeah. my question. So um, I watched an interview um, with Kevin Wilson on YouTube that was our event with Kevin Wilson, distinguished author and academic. And he said, he mentioned in there that during his writing process, he, well, first of all, what was cool is that he said that he kind of just plans it all out in his head. And then he'll sit down and sort of like write it all in one unit. So he's like already got it sort of figured out what he wants to say. And then um, he sits down and just like puts it on paper. Mm -hmm. But he also said that he usually tries to put a little bit of himself into his writing 
um, in one of the characters and he tries to mask it a lot of the times is what he was joking about. Um, so in nothing to see here, he put a lot of himself into, um, I want to say Ileana, but that's not the main character's name. What was her name? Lillian. Lillian. Ileana. I just mixed up all of those letters. Hey, it's fine. It was pretty close. It's been a little while since we read that now. <laughs> it's been a minute. Anyway, so he was saying that that was who he had like written a bit of himself into and he disguised it because she was a woman. Um, and so he was like, oh, nobody will ever see this. So my question to you is, who do you think in this story he might have been putting a little bit of him of himself into? Well, I'm assuming the boyfriend, and that makes sense from what you said, because the story of Nothing to See Here is also kind of a similar perspective where you have Lillian, who is like the outsider coming into this crazy family with, yeah. um, I forget what the, Madison, with Madison and her husband and her son and then the two fire children. But yeah. then you have Lillian coming in from the outside and, and we get it from her perspective. So I, I think it's cool that he writes like that. But you think that it's the boyfriend, the main character? Who is it really? I don't know. He So there isn't like a lot of specific interviews about this story. There's yeah. none actually as far as I could tell. So I don't know. But I don't think that it would be the boyfriend because Kevin Wilson also talks a lot about how much he like really loves being a dad. Yeah, And so hearing from the boyfriend's perspective here that was just like, I can't, I can't have kids and I wouldn't like even accept these kids into my life if they were thrust into it. Yeah. Maybe the girlfriend then. Yeah. I kind of thought it might be the girlfriend because she was like, this is my family. I have to take care of them. Mm -hmm. um, this is just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I like that your first thought was the boyfriend though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't so know. One other thing about the boyfriend and the girlfriend, which I don't know that I ever mentioned either of their names, or if it did, I didn't catch it. Um, um, there were three names mentioned. It was Cam, Jerry, and Lindy. I and think I don't. Cam was the boyfriend. Yeah, and I don't think the other two were the girlfriend. Okay. Anyway, when we first, the first two people we see, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, I don't think it ever mentioned their ages. But I was getting the vibe that they were like mid twenties, child free, you know, thinking marriage but not fully committed yet mm -hmm. like establishing their careers and so to me they seemed like they were like probably around 26 and yeah. then that the sister the one who's in jail was probably like eight to ten years older than the the girlfriend at least from my perspective where she's like you know she's four kids deep at this point her life's not going great but they have somewhere to live and and i don't know it just seemed like there was a a an age gap even though it never specifically said that that's how i was picturing it mm -hmm. i well i yeah i guess i was seeing definitely the girlfriend and the boyfriend and they're yeah like mid to late 20s probably yeah like 26 27 yeah i guess i assumed only like three or four years older for the sister just because i feel like the impression that i had or i guess what the picture i was building in my head more specifically was that the sister had sort of started earlier having kids with this deadbeat father. Yeah. And so, like, in my mind, it was like, she starts at age 22, pops out a kid every year or two or whatever, and there's four of them now. Mm -hmm. um, but the oldest is 14, now that you mention. Yeah, that's kind of what made me think maybe there was a significant age gap between the, the two sisters. Yeah, I think you got to be right. So I guess the, then the older sister's probably like, yeah, 34-ish. 
Um, yeah, I was thinking something like that because that would that would have made her twenty when the the fourteen year old was born. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right that the older sister definitely. Um, I think her name was Cindy. Actually, I looked yeah. it up in the book. Um, she was probably 34, had started having kids young, and her younger sister was definitely like, uh, yeah, chosen a different path, was sort of living on her own, just working, had this boyfriend, yeah, like not in a rush at all. Yeah. To do the yeah. same thing. It never did mention their ages, but I was just curious how you were picturing them because that's what I was imagining. Yeah, I think you're right. I was picturing definitely 26 ish for the girlfriend and then older for mm-hmm. the sister, Cindy. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned names. So I was trying to keep track because Kevin Wilson really in this story didn't do names at all. It was like all oldest or middle sister, Young or younger, yeah. younger brother. Yeah. Um, and it mentioned all of their ages, which were 14, 10, 8, and 5, in case you're wondering. But they didn't have names. The girlfriend, boyfriend didn't really have names. And those were three names were just offhand from characters we never even got to meet in the story. So do you like it when he does stuff like this? I think he's done in some of the other stuff we've read too. I was okay with it because it was a short story. If this had been a full-length novel and he was referring to all these people by terms like that, like youngest child, oldest daughter, whatever, mm-hmm. I, it would have been too confusing for me. But since it was a short story, I didn't get I didn't get lost in the details of that. Yeah. I liked it too because it felt, I don't know, I guess more generic almost and so then you could sort of put any sort of like description or you can make these characters however you wanted to in your head more easily yeah so I I liked it yeah so one of the things that I made note about other than um the the main characters was the way that he described the house Mm. I my stomach literally was turning and making me feel sick when he was describing um, you know how disgusting the house was mm-hmm. and so I just wanted to give props to him for the imagery that he was able to portray in his writing style that really you could picture exactly how disgusting this place was <laughs> yeah have you ever been in a house like that I can't think of any offhand but I I mean yes and no <laughs> okay. I have and I could I could like smell and feel everything as yeah. he was describing it just because it's it's got a stench to it you know when you've had pets mm-hmm. inside multiple pets inside using the bathroom and nobody does any sort of vacuuming and there's yeah. pet hair all over the place and no cleaning Mm-mm. like that the the girlfriend having to scrub out the tub so just so she would have a clean place to sleep oh ugh. <laughs> that made me want yeah. to <laughs> yeah yeah, it's a very vivid imagery for both of us to be able to just picture these houses very clearly. It was giving me, like, really disgusting trailer park. Yeah, I don't know, white trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the imagery of, like, roaches everywhere and just the puddle that had been solidified to the kitchen floor made my feet feel sticky and (laughs) yeah yeah the I thought that the writing was very creative and definitely made you feel icky reading it so I think it was well done (laughs) yeah another one of the quotes I liked where it was the sheets require more than I can handle right now which is why the girlfriend was scrubbing out the tub yeah the very vivid 10 out of 10 I would have gone to sleep in the car like the boyfriend (laughs) yeah but he took the stunk with him when he went out. That's gross. Oh yeah, I'd have to take my clothes off. <laughs> what did you think about the oldest daughter who 
uh, spend all of her time playing her game, but um, I think more compelling was wanting to be a Marine. Like, that's what she was wanting to be in four mm-hmm. years. Yeah. I mean, I can see how that might, that might make sense. Kids who, at least from what I've seen, kids that grow up with very, very little structure and little oversight a lot of times crave that structure. So I could see her being like, yeah, I'm going to the Marines because she needs some kind of like formality, some kind of, I don't know, schedule in her life. Mm-hmm. I, I That didn't strike me as weird. What did strike me as weird is all the other kids literally being feral. <laughs> <laughs> Just the craziness of having four kids running around the house. And you can tell that like they don't have any discipline the parents obviously don't pay them any attention, which yeah. made me feel sad for all of them. And, like, honestly, I would have wished if that was a real scenario that CPS would have stepped in to realize the living conditions were horrible and made some kind of changes. Yeah, you would think that the mom stabbing the dad would be enough for them to just, like, come swing by the house real quick just to check up on him. Yeah. But... Yeah, it, it, the, he definitely gave the impression that that would not happen. Yeah, and, like, that's that seems crazy to me. I think any CPS officer or whatever they're called, agent, if they were to come by the house and see those living conditions, I would hope that they would be like, nope, this is not acceptable. We got to get these kids out of here. This is, like, toxic environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they would have done that if that was a real, a real story. <laughs> You know, actually, this reminds me a little bit of, do you remember the Sarah Dessen book, Lock and Key? I remember the name, and I remember what the cover looks like. I know I read that one, but I don't remember specifics. Well, in that one, the teenage girl, the protagonist, was living alone in a small house because her mom had abandoned her. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, she had bugs and dishes piled up in the sink and everything, and Child Protective Services actually did step in for her. So it was like a very different story. But the reason it reminded me of this one was because they both mentioned roaches. Mm-hmm. In this one, it was cockroaches, right? I think so. Okay. In the other book, they just said roaches. She like mentioned something about roaches in the ashtray. And the first time I read that, I was like, oh, cockroaches crawling around in the house. But then now that I've read it, I've realized that that was actually like left over from like weed blunts. Yeah. <laughs> that were in the ashtray. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so when I read it in this book, like the description of a gross house plus roaches, I was like, oh, this is just like my other book. Yeah. It was probably the, the first time you read Lock and Key. We were too young to know what that was. <laughs> oh, for sure. We were definitely way too young. <laughs> yeah. So you would think that a stabbing would would give just like a little yeah. hint. <laughs> to CPS, like, hey, maybe these parents aren't stable. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they shouldn't have four kids. Yeah. So... I did think it was kind of cool, though, that even just, I don't know, it seemed like the the girlfriend and the boyfriend were only there, like, two or three days, but the boyfriend begins to break down a barrier with the teenage girl because mm-hmm. he sees that she's struggling over and over. She just dies instantly in this video game that she's playing, no matter which weapon she selects from her, I don't know, assortment of weapons she has to choose. Inventory, from. if yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't play video games obviously I do obviously (laughs) so but he's like why don't you just run and she's like it's almost like you can see a light bulb go off in her head like oh I didn't think about that and then the first time she does it she beats the game 
and like you can just tell that he started to break down that barrier with her mm-hmm. so I thought that was kind of nice that you know he took a few minutes to interact with her and make her feel seen yeah did you notice though that right I mean right after she beats it she goes back to the start anyway and goes back to the weapons because she's still gonna try to brute force her way through it yeah <laughs> I love that okay. I know this works but I'm gonna still try it my way <laughs> yeah love the sass 10 out of 10 typical teenager yeah typical teen yeah (laughs) so we see that the narrator like you said at first is like if you become their guardian i'm out Mm -hmm. and then like over the course of i mean this story is only 20 pages long over the course of this short story he begins to take ownership of these kids and he flips from not wanting to deal with them at all to telling the girlfriend like well why don't we just take them back to our place and we can have them at our house and I guess part of that at first was to get them out of the disgusting living arrangements they were in, but mm-hmm. also it seemed like he very quickly had a change of heart and was like, we need to take care of these kids now, which I thought was a cool turn of events. Yeah, I think he realized how much of it wasn't their fault and how bad of a situation it was. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say the real cherry on top was when the dad comes home and looks around and is like... I got to get out of here and go to my friend Jerry's house. And then he looks and sees the pile of clean laundry and is like, did you do any of my laundry? And yeah. then gets upset. <laughs> like, no, you're not a child. You can do your own laundry. Do your own bag of laundry. And you left a dead squirrel in the dryer for like weeks. Oh. So <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe she picked it up with her fingers. I would have at least grabbed like a washcloth or something if I didn't have gloves lying around. Yeah. I you know those like um those grabbers you can use when you have something on the top shelf you can't reach and it's like an extension mm-hmm. arm i would have gotten one of those yeah <laughs> up with that or like a trash poker that you see people use on the side of the road <laughs> or even just a pair of regular kitchen tongs you know there's got to be a better option here <laughs> yeah but i did think it was nice too that the the boyfriend didn't really give the girlfriend a hard time at all whenever they were there he just tried to make things you know move on as easily as possible and she Mm -hmm. told him like hey can you take the kids to go get something to eat he let them get whatever they wanted at the store even though it was like candy and pop tarts and I don't remember what else they got but stuff like that he he didn't want to make anything worse for them in the moment and was just like yeah whatever you want to get's fine yeah he definitely seems like a really good guy yeah (laughs) very understanding and like I like I sympathize with him. Like they were both clear that like he wouldn't remain if that if if the kids were ended up being there. So it's like yeah. very clear that they had I think a good relationship and they were just kind of foisted in here and they were both like, well, guess this is it for the next few days. Yeah, I don't see how either of them got any sleep. I I could not sleep in a bathtub even if it was like the cleanest bathtub I'd ever seen. Just they're so uncomfortable. <laughs> okay interesting take i have fallen asleep in bathtubs before (laughs) like while taking a bath okay Um, you're in warm water that's at least comforting like a hard (laughs) i I like my mattress is hard too though so i i like a hard surface to sleep on okay (laughs) but people always say that though whenever you don't have somewhere to sleep they're just like go sleep in the bathtub because it's as comfortable as it could be i guess yeah i guess 
I really enjoyed the bit when they were playing old maid, when the kids were playing old maid <laughs> with a boyfriend. Yeah. And they were just like blatantly cheating and just refusing to accept the old maid into their hand. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and he's like, I, I'm trying to explain this game to you. Just because it's in your hand at the start doesn't mean it ends up there. And they're like, nope, won't accept it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get it out of my hand right now. Yeah. That reminded me of especially in my immediate household, nobody ever wanted to play games with Davey. <laughs> he always cheated, no matter if it was Monopoly or, I mean, we played Old Maid too, and he immediately was like, nope, gotta get the, gotta get this out of my hand right now. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so funny. I, I remember vividly sitting at the kitchen table playing Old Maid with Davey and him just like getting a rage of like anger if he had the Old Maid card. <laughs> so funny typical Davey like any game you couldn't play for more than five or ten minutes with him because he would cheat and then and then he would gaslight you into thinking that you were wrong and that you were cheating (laughs) (laughs) it's classic youngest child behavior I cheated too but it was usually only when it was just me and my grandma who were playing and she would just let me do it anyway yeah Uno was another one that was really bad oh always making up new rules and yeah so i i saw a lot of davy in that in that scene <laughs> oh yeah it's just it felt very classic i loved it it was a good touch yeah he's like i'm trying to tell you guys just because you have the old maid doesn't mean you lose automatically yeah and then he's just just play however you want oh, yeah. <laughs> something like it was a very inefficient way to shuffle basically yeah <laughs> yeah i did think that was funny yeah. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, I like enjoyed this story. It was good. I don't know that it's the best or most moving short story I've ever read in my life, but it was pleasant to read. Yeah, I thought it was. It took me one night to read it, which I mean, it was a good like right before bed type story that you know yeah. keep me up very long and whatever. But overall, like I felt sad for the kids having to grow up in that living situation and. Mm-hmm. And also my stomach turned with the living conditions that they had in that house. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was well written and it did have some funny points to it. So yeah. I enjoyed it too. I think Kevin Wilson is unshocking to, I guess, to many of his fans. But he's like, he's got a good touch for the story. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we rate it? I think so. What do you give it out of five? Sticky grape sodas. <laughs> five sti- or five uh, dead, <laughs> dried out squirrels. <laughs> yeah, five dryer squirrels. <laughs> yeah, out of five dryer squirrels, how many do you give it? <laughs> okay, I can't remember what I rated. Baby, you're gonna be mine, but I liked this one better than that one. Okay, so I don't remember what I gave. Baby, you're gonna be mine. I'm gonna give this one a solid four. Okay, yeah, I give it like a four point one. Good, yeah. solid, good choice. I'm enjoying Kevin Wilson. I do not regret reading him or choosing him for our series. Yeah. No, you didn't choose him. I chose him. I know. I didn't. I meant like, okay. I meant like us choosing him. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that this was a mistake. I don't mean to choose, take credit for you. (laughs) No, I understand. Um, And yeah, I do like that this is a good change for the short story series from the Ted Chang ones. The Ted Chang ones were very long and very, um, just like more thought invoking mm-hmm. these are kind of more just like passive good story good lighthearted stories to read so i like the the switch up yeah there's yeah. a lot of value in those types of stories yeah 
good easy reads. Yes. So our next short story, which will be the third one of Kevin Wilson's, I picked. It's called Sanders for a Night. And if you have the short story book, it's like a little over halfway through the book, roughly. But yeah, mm-hmm. I picked this one because the first one we did was at the end of the book. And then this one was at the very beginning of the book. So I had to pick one in the middle just to see if they're good all the way through. <laughs> just to balance it out. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. So that'll be the next one and the last one for Kevin Wilson. And then Allie's going to pick the next short story series. Yeah. You know, I don't want to like start a pattern here, but I'm super tempted to try and track down some short stories from Charmaine Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. I am not opposed to that. <laughs> yeah, If I can, I might do that. It's just funny that we like keep. Didn't we do that for Ted Chain? Did we read a book of his? Or Dest his short stories. How did we... Because his short stories weren't the first thing we read of his, right? I don't remember. We read some George Saunders short stories. We read 10th of December, which was a compilation of short stories. But it was one book. Mm -hmm. I think. I don't know. It's been a while now. I can't remember. I think that's a bad thing to pick short stories off of an author we read a full novel of. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just mean it's kind of funny that we just stumbled into this. Yeah, well, I I am okay with Charmaine Wilkerson's ones. If it's anything like her novel, I would be happy to read those. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll see because, like I said, whenever we first read her, I like couldn't easily find. Yeah, um, I wonder if we sent an email to her email on her um, website if she would respond. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> I mean, I try to tag everyone in our Instagram stuff, so, but no one ever seems to do anything. So. Well, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. We'll keep doing it. Yeah. Okay. And, and then- don't forget to pick up your copy of The Truth About Forever, which is our next actual book. Hope you all enjoy it. Yep. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Marianne and Wanda. We would love to hear your feedback and if you have any books or topics for us to review. You can reach us at Marianne and Wanda Podcast on Instagram or send us an email at Marianne and Wanda Podcast at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.